0: Thanks a lot for taking the time out of your uh, busy winter schedule to talk today on the podcast. Um, I'm very excited to have you on today because um, you have just gone through, or unfortunately I should say, are continuing to go through one of the major milestones for any small business owner. And that's uh, leaving um, an old digs for a new building, a new headquarters. Uh, That's a major, major moment in a entrepreneur's business life. I'm glad to have you on. You could kind of share some of those experiences. I know pretty much everybody uh, in our um, community will go through this or uh, in some form uh, in their in their company history uh, so if you can you know being able to provide some tips and, and insight from your own personal experiences is is greatly appreciated of course I'm happy to be here Well, you know what, I'm going to, I think the best place to start off is um, tell me a little bit about if if you can briefly lead into why did you need, felt you needed, or what was it that indicated to you that you needed bigger space, that you needed to break out from where you were originally? Uh, I'm not 100% certain if the place you were was your original building. Um, Why did you break out? And what sort of, what were the needs that you had that that a new building had to, to
1: fit. We had been renting for the last 17, 18 years. Currently, we're in the third facility that we've rented. And it's just, it doesn't fit my needs. The the landlord won't let, let you do what you need to do. about two years ago, I started assessing my business's needs for space and storage and offices. And what I came up with is that essentially my company was breathing through a straw.
0: Oh, geez. I was
1: I was being limited by... The sheer capacity of, of you know not only storing equipment and materials which material storage is huge in the snow industry we, we needed a, a better place for everyone to meet you know we're we're hundred percent subcontractors and the office space was not compatible with having several people come in for trainings or you know document signings or thing anything like that mm-hmm. so it's it, it, it is time to, to step up and build a facility that would cater to my needs and I could design it exactly the way I, I, I see the company going in the next one, five, 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about um, selecting a site.
0: Um, did you want to remain close to where you were already operating out of? Did you feel like because of how your footprint has evolved that you needed somewhere that would centralize you maybe perhaps a little bit better uh, against your um, client portfolio and how difficult in your market or and or how challenging in your market is to find property that suited those needs that you were just
1: talking about well of course in real estate it's location 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 especially in a in the snow and ice management industry you, you're it's a mobile job you're not an architect firm where you everyone shows up at the office and works for eight hours you you need a centralized location for your trucks to to come in and reload with salt and get repairs and location is everything. We have five depots around the the area of Kansas City that we operate in. However, we needed a a large depot. And so I started looking for land in July of 2019, uh, found a piece of land that that was suitable in September of 19. In October of 2019, we met with the city to make sure that that they they uh, they could give us the zoning that we needed Which was industrial m2 and also because there's some residences around there so we had to meet with the city make sure that the zoning would work make sure that they would accept what we were going to do there the infrastructure was there you know the water supply and power and you know two-phase or three-phase power and things like that
0: what was your um thoughts about what it would be like to work with local government to secure your space um, versus to what it actually was like um was it easy uh, was there more paperwork that you thought uh, would be involved? You know, What were some of the setbacks that maybe you encountered while working with city government to um, develop your property? And, and how were you able to, to
1: troubleshoot those? Well, I worked for a local city government for 12 years as a firefighter, so I, I had a pretty good idea going in. <laughs> However, I had no idea at the same time. <laughs> I, I, I knew which departments did what, but I didn't know... About the city that I'm building in. Mm-hmm. So, my my advice to anybody that's going to go through this process is, once you find the land, meet with the city, make sure it's going to you can get the zoning and do what you what you want to do out of that location, and then vet this vet the city or the local government you're going to be building in, it, whether it's a township or county or or whatnot. Ask uh, ask some general contractors. You know, when when you go to hire your your civil engineer or your architect or your your MEP designer, that's Mechanical Electrical Plumbing, ask them what their experiences with that jurisdiction is. I, I came to find out that I really struck out with the city that I chose. Hmm. Um, there's several regional and national chains that won't even attempt to build in their city anymore because it's so hard to deal with all the red tape and regulations and delays. I wish, I, 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 sh- I should have paid more money in a different city to buy the land because it would have gone a lot faster and, and cost me less in the, long, in the long run. My civil engineering went over budget $40,000 just with all the changes and delays and kind of nitpicking requests that the city has made. So that, that was kind of unforeseen and that was a hard lesson to learn.
0: You know, I'm not very familiar with um, some of the the more intimate details of of doing business like you were in in, um, relocating into a, a city and having to work with the buildings departments and whatnot. Do you, were you ever did you ever consider maybe hiring a consultant or whatnot or, or um, uh, somebody that could help maybe do, do that work for you, maybe be able to do it a little bit more? Um, would, you know was familiar with the way that that city worked and could get through a lot of that red tape faster? Was that something that was an option for you or was it a lot of just trial or error?
1: Well, it, it was reality going into it. my, my commercial realtor, who's been a friend of mine for a long time, he helped me buy the land, he did the transaction, and the, that was in, we actually bought the land in February of 20, and then uh, of course, COVID furloughs came into the cities and all that, set everyone back, but then my commercial realtor, he was gonna help me through the, the process because he's a he's a developer, a builder, and a building owner as well, and he's worked in this city before, knows their processes and procedures, he passed away in an accident, May of twenty. So I that kind of left me on my own to navigate this. Yeah, wow. And uh, also with the, all the COVID furloughs the city was going through, it, it became it just got mired down. It just got mired down in the mud. It we, we would we would get everything together for a preliminary plan review and they'd have a Zoom meeting and one little thing that they never told you they needed was not on that plan review, so they'd kick you back another month. Oh jeez. So it was it was just a, our total delays were have been 4 months just in the, the approval process. Four four little mistakes set you back a month a month apiece and in hindsight I don't even think hiring a general contractor or a consultant would have helped that much because I I have tried, my engineers have tried, emailed them, asked them, "Hey, do you have everything you need? Is there anything else you need?" Yeah. And then one person you've never heard of before comes in and says, "Yeah, we need this." By the way, come back next month. Mm. So you just you don't know what you don't know. They don't they don't tell you what they need until you don't turn it in. So <laughs> it's, it's course, really really frustrating. I imagine,
0: and and that is some really great insight because I believe, um, um, I, I believe a, a lot of people. Um, probably don't realize that going in just, you know, the level of detail and, and setbacks there can be, um, but you and I could probably discuss how we could fix government for hours and, and this would be an extremely long podcast. So we should probably <laughs> move on from this point. Tell me a little bit about, you were actually building from the ground up, correct? You weren't, you didn't buy property with an existing facility that you were trying to, you know, redesign or re, um, re,
1: re uh, factor for your purposes. Correct. Um, it, it's a five-acre lot, and it was it was row crops. The the neighbor was growing produce on it when I bought it. So mm. another another hindsight thing is I bought that in February of twenty, and a month later the COVID thing came on. and I, t- I tell you what, if I would have known what commercial real estate was going to do and all the vacancies, I would have just waited and bought a property. <laughs> but no. it, it it is it is a ground up job. I mean we. You know, we did all the grading and um, had to get FEMA involved to certify it out of the floodplain, and uh, so it's yeah, it it started with a patch of weeds and trees, and it's come up from the ground.
0: Mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit about the bidding process and getting all the players together to do the work. Um, did you serve as your own general contractor on this project? Did you hire somebody who was to oversee that for you? Um, and, and uh, what was that experience like?
1: So it's, it's all been myself as the, I, I don't use the term general contractor cause I would have had to get a license. Oh, right. Correct. I'm, I'm the construction manager.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, there, there's a, a little bit of difference in that with, with, uh, licensing and paperwork and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been the manager on the whole project from the civil engineers to the, you know, I've, I've got building bids from, such as like the, this shop is a, is a company that has bought or as I'm sorry, I've bought a shop from before at my house. And I, I've lived in this area my entire life. So I, I, I knew that actually my landlord right now is the company that did all the excavating for the land. Mm-hmm. So, and then the architects came recommended, um, the civil engineer I was working with through my, my realtor before he passed and so all the electrical and the plumbing and all that I, I've known these guys for years so it was it was pretty easy. I, I think if I did if I was new to the area and didn't know contractors, I probably would have hired a GC or a construction consultant.
0: Mm-hmm. interesting. did it, did it um, you approach this as this would be like well, this would probably you know take up um, the amount of time a part-time job would um, and did what was that like? Did it end up t- seem like you were working
1: too? three jobs trying to manage this well on top of running the snow and ice management company this uh building construction process it's uh some weeks about 10 hours some weeks it's about 30 hours mm. and um a lot of a lot of late nights and early mornings and and running around you know getting getting plans from the different engineering firms and and putting it all together delivering it so it's a, it's a good part-time job.
0: What did you, what What surprised you, um, that was the most time sucking for you that, uh, that, um, that needed so much more of your time than you thought it would?
1: I would say all the permits. Yeah. Uh, I had no idea how many permits from the, from the get-go, you know, you have your you have your uh, change of zoning meetings, and then you have permits for grade. You have permits for grading with the city permits for land disturbance with the state and the city. Then you have compaction tests, and then you have a right away permit, and then you have a driveway permit to hook into the city street. You have um, my gosh there there must I had to pay a sanitary sewer permit a sanitary sewer access permit, and I'm on septic system. I had to pay a <laughs> oh, storm, no. I had to pay a stormwater usage fee, and there's not a storm drain within a mile of the place. So a lot of things that you just didn't even know you'd have to pay, and and each one of them would set you back. You know, they'd say, well, you can't go ahead with your grading permit because you haven't paid your, your, your right-of-way permit yet. Oh, jeez. Okay, I had no idea. You know, <laughs> no one ever told me that thing existed. So. <laughs> all these little permits it's it's just like a little speed bump every time you get going mhm um did you um
0: as you, as the building at what point now would you say the building is at you know uh, if it was completely done 100% where are you at as of, as of today late january
1: um well so this is friday and on wednesday morning the first load of my outdoor storage buildings got delivered my my salt building has been sitting on the ground since november when we were told the building permits would be issued they haven't been yet so it's my my 65 by 100 salt building sitting on the ground in pieces so uh, we emailed all the, the the latest round of things they need for building permits we emailed all that in on uh last friday a week ago and when i sent that in i got an auto reply that the guy who receives it was busy with other stuff and he'd get back to me so that's been seven days and all they have to do is see that we changed a couple bathrooms to male and female and a couple little words on a piece of paper and that's taken seven days to to not hear back yet
0: oh my gosh so you you are really still at some of the uh the ground you know like you're what at the, maybe the 40% point or, or what would you say you are uh, with regard to completion
1: probably 20% I, I, essentially i bought the land 11 and a half months ago and all we've really gotten done is grading and some building materials delivered it's extremely frustrating
0: what initially what was your ideal move in date and what is it now
1: I was looking to move in August 1st so that we could start filling up the salt building and uh, maybe it'll be next August. I don't know. <laughs> oh
0: no. <laughs> wow.
1: That's that's the, the, the kicker of it is uh, another part about the building process is when you go to get your, get your construction loan, you have to pay 25% cash out of pocket. Mm-hmm. So if you have a you know million dollar project, You have to pay $250,000 cash out of pocket as kind of your down payment before the construction loan will kick in. So I've got many, many dollars that have been laid out even back as far as a year ago, and I've got really not much to show for it. No, I wanted to talk a little bit about securing
0: financing and, and and the and the money portion of this project because I'm sure there were some things there that lessons you learned going through that process. And I believe unless you've come from a banking or finance background, if you're just a regular contractor like a snow contractor like yourself, there's probably a lot of that segment of the project that you didn't anticipate going into it. What was it like? securing funding for your project um do you have a banker you know so to speak that you do your business through um you know or an individual or an institution that you've been uh, banking through and how adapt were they to help you um take on this
1: project i've been using the same bank now for about 12 years um and and that's it's just the way I choose to do things. You know, my, my personal accounts are there. My, um, my company accounts are there, my home mortgages through them. So they know me very well. So that, that really sped up the construction process, you know, the construction loan process. Um, and they've been very easy to get along with, you know, once they, from, from the, the first draw that goes on the construction loan, they gave me, um, six months of interest-only payments mm-hmm. that is based on how much you've drawn out at the time that each month comes but and, and very favorable rates um so it was it, for for me the the construction loan part was pretty easy and it and it's nice to uh for the cash out part as far as tracking what you've spent out of pocket it's nice because they have access to that account information mm-hmm. i don't have to send them every check stub and every receipt they they have
0: it right there. Uh, talk to me a little bit about um, settling on a price tag for this project, at, and, and the amount of money you would need to lend. I'm sure that there's always concern because you hear about you know horror stories about you know change orders during the construction process and whatnot. And I'm sure you didn't want to be left empty-handed, and um, if, if this got to be more expensive um tell me a little bit about how you you that and uh, what your experience has been with with that and and maybe even what did your banker advise you on uh, um in in regards to you know how much to you know if the project has x price tag then
1: you're going to want to borrow this yeah um i with, with the 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 overruns and time you know this project as, as my civil engineer stated, hit, I'm, I paid $40,000 extra on civil engineering just because of all the delays and changes. And I've, I've essentially eaten that myself just with, with cash out of pocket. So mm-hmm. instead of doing 25% cash out, I've already done 30%. Um, and, and that's my goal the whole time is not – I'm, I'm going to put as much cash into the project as I can to keep mm-hmm. my – eventual mortgage down as low as possible because something else that a lot of people may not know about commercial real estate is they don't this isn't a 30-year mortgage it's a 15-year mortgage oh wow yeah and um and also another reason i want to keep the the monthly payments down is because the the property tax is going to be 2500 a month wow estimated it. so that's $30,000 a year and just in property tax on top of your mortgage. Yeah. Yeah. So as, as far as budgeting, you know, I went out and got bids from everyone that from, you know, the, the plumbers to hook up the water main and do the sewers and septic to the electricians to the grading, all the buildings, the, um, asphalt concrete, everything I could, I got bids on. So my, my budget has worked out pretty well other than the, the, the time overruns, which is out of my control.
0: Um, how much of it, I know we talked about this a little bit um, on the front end of this podcast, but I wanted to know how much of a setback COVID was and do you think you would have been in this place now if the pandemic
1: hadn't happened? If the pandemic hadn't happened, I think that we would probably be, I think would have shaved off about three months of the, of the year that it's taken. Mm -hmm. So many, so many times throughout this, uh, especially early on, you know, March, April, May, when people didn't know what was going on, the, the city workers were on furlough. So, you know, this, this guy would work Monday and Tuesday and this girl would work Thursday and Friday in the office. Well, I would email the guy on Monday and he would email back on Tuesday, say, "Yes, you're good." And then this lady would come in Thursday and say, "Uh, no, you're not. You need this, this, and this." And <laughs> no, no! By the time you email her to tell her, "Hey, I submit to him on Monday," she's gone for another five days. Oh jeez! So it was just the left hand and right hand were not connected to the same body. You know? <laughs> it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> it's jeez. not that they didn't know what each other was doing. They weren't even on the same person. Oh boy! So that was I, it. Was it was just disastrous the way if the city ran it they were they were not working even from home at first they weren't even working remote they were in the office two days a week and that was it that's unbelievable so then then they came back to work uh june july and then again when things apparently kicked up again what was it september i think then they went back to working remote. So they actually did work remote from home five days, which wasn't as bad, but I just don't think there's much span of control. when you know, when you email, when you're on an email chain with somebody and all of a sudden they just cut you off with an auto reply saying they won't be at work again for four more days. And it was people were remote and I don't think there's any, any accountability with what they're doing at home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So,
0: Well, let's take a look back. You've said you've kind of reached that quarter of the way point. Obviously, you wanted to be a lot farther, but you have made some progress. You look back and it sounds like all the progress has been made on the front end and you're just kind of waiting now to kind of get the the uh, uh, buildings together and the construction to happen. So what advice would you have or the most important lessons you learned that you could pass on to a colleague about the experience um, that you learned up to this date? You know, what are some of the things that you would say, you know, uh, for a colleague who's going through this or planning to go through it? Hey, before you engage this, make sure you have these three to five ducks in order because these are going to save you a lot of time, or a lot of grief, or a lot of fine, uh, a lot of uh, you know money um,
1: from from your own experience. Honestly, with with uh, I, I know this podcast is about the construction stages, but honestly, in this economy, in this market, I would tell people first look for vacant property to buy. Mm. Mm-hmm. that's already built. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot easier to buy something that already has everything done. You can always tweak it to, to fit your needs. Um, but if they were going to go into new construction, I would definitely say vet you assess your needs first, how many acres or whatever you're going to need and vet the city. That is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, if I would have just moved one city to the south, the city that I live in that that I used to work for this project would have been done in August. No problem, hands down. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, other things is, is make sure that your, your contractors are reputable, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that they're going to show up and constantly keep up with your contractors and say, Hey, it looks like I'm going to need you in four weeks to do the ground plumbing. What's your schedule like? Mm -hmm. So you don't want to be blindsided with them saying I'm on a huge project for the next four months so it's it's always keeping up with all your assets all your resources which are your your contractors and uh, and that's about it because we haven't really got to the construction phase yet i I still don't know what I don't know about that going forward
0: yeah <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> right <laughs> 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 well we're definitely going to check in with you to see how this project's going and of course to learn other lessons you've learned along the way because like i said yeah this is a great milestone for you and i know that this has been you know there have been a lot of hardships things within and without it and outside of your control but uh I, you know hopefully you can learn some lessons and pass those on to others in our industry uh because everybody faces this at some time absolutely Perfect. Well, we'll check in with you uh, in a couple months, see how you're doing. And then uh, when you're all set and done, we'll have to do a a visual cast and you maybe give us a tour and show us what the facility looks like. Absolutely. That'd be great.